Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm here with Joanne Dafo. And it sure makes a difference when that sun comes out. Yes. You can definitely feel the units, the heat units. And today, yes. daylight savings time. So if you're just waking up thinking that it's... Uh, it's 8 o'clock, it's actually 9 o'clock, and uh, we're already on the air. And you missed Informed Traveler. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> but we're here and uh, got us live. I don't, daylight saving time doesn't, I don't, people get all, and all these doctors say, oh, you lose all this. Sleep. Well, no, it's the same, because you go to bed at 10 and you wake up at 6 or whatever. Like, it's, you don't lose anything. Like, I don't really understand it. Well, no. technically you do. Yeah, I guess a bit, but like really... Like if you go to bed at 10, you're actually going to bed... What, 11 what to one is, night, yes. yeah. But then tonight, it's back to normal. I suppose, but like, they do. there are wrecks? facts to say that there are more accidents <laughs> on the Monday following the time change than any other day. I always love it when in this... It, well, when it, used it, to, it used to be later in the year when we were busier at the store, so you get a lot of the people coming mm-hmm. in. They'd use the excuse, oh, yeah, the time change, and then they'd be late for work. And it's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right. Um, what else we got going on? The big melt? Yeah. Uh, so be careful out there with, uh, with the snow that's melting. Try and put it. I did. I was at my mom's place yesterday and she has a bunch of spruce trees right out front of her place and uh you could it was completely dry in those spots and yet her drifts were that two and a half feet tall (laughs) but isn't that underneath the spruce trees how it just sucks it in totally so it's really important that you you can get out there i am i'm just (laughs) shoot me now shoot me now but yes i am suggesting Snow farming. Absolutely. No, if you got those big chunks and you'll see up against your foundation, up against certain places where the snow has already melted, take it from those big piles in the center of the yard and move it to some of those other places where it's melting quicker. Mm-hmm. And uh, it definitely will benefit the the trees and shrubs and everything around there and all that fun stuff. Yes. So, anyway. Uh, we have a text already about a Christmas cactus. And I know I've heard of a lot of people who their Christmas cactuses are blooming right now. Hence and their Easter cactus. Yes. Well, okay. Uh, so this texter sent a wonderful picture and it's uh, two different colors. And I know the one that I got from my mom's place is two different colors as well. And that's because over the years she took the little... Uh, clippings from yeah. one of the other plants that she had and just stuck it into the soil and that and that grew over the 25 this years. This one's really nice and healthy too, isn't it? It is, nice like nice buds. green, nice buds, nice green leaves. So she is, he or she is asking, how dry do you let Christmas cactus get before watering? Well, especially in a little pot like that. This one's in a, looks like a four or six inch pot, mm-hmm. um, terracotta. So really, it's going to be really hard to overwater it. So even if you're on it at once a week, would not be overwatering that one. Especially that because be of the suffi- size of the pot, yeah, definitely. would be su- sufficient for that. So I would just stick on the once a, once a week. Um, one other thing I just want to mention um, regarding pruning of trees. Like right now, we have a couple more weeks left. If you have any elm trees, we can only prune until March 31st. So if you have any elm trees... Um, you need looked at or pruning or dead 
damage or disease branches, uh, give your arborist a call and give us a shout at Prune It Up. Be more than happy to come by and have a look at your trees. And uh, we'll, we're somewhat given priority to some of that elm tree. So if you have stuff, um, we'll definitely squeeze you in before the deadline. Anyways. That has to be a priority, yes. Yes. And as far as our... We, f- we forgot to give away some tickets last week. So actually we have two sets of tickets this week. So if you'd like to win, you'd be the f- third caller in. And what are they for, Merle? They're going to be for the Calgary Horticultural Garden Show down at Spruce Meadows. In April. Yeah. So if you'd like to go to the garden show put on by the Calgary Hort Society, give us a shout at 403-974-8255. And uh, there will be a skill testing question on one of the subjects we just mentioned. So, Oh. Well, yeah. we better tell Pam what the question is. Well, we will. What? Well, she's got callers coming in. I can't in. say it on the air because then everyone will hear me. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, well hopefully Pam's been listening. She can answer. <laughs> She'll get it. <laughs> uh, what? Well, actually, what we'll, we'll say, what is the deadline for pruning of elm trees? What is the... Okay. All right. So that's the question. So there you all go. Right. So we have all these people yeah. phoning. <laughs> Tom is very angry right now. Well, these guys give me a hard time before, so I figured I'd catch them we off did. guard. Pam and I razzed Merle a little bit prior to the show, so... Yeah. So, he he was getting beat up a little bit. So I got you guys back a bit. Anyways, all good. Um, so also today we're going to chat about, we're going to talk about elm trees. Right. And then we're also going to talk about uh, potato bags. Yes, because Linda texted us last week and was asking about how to grow potatoes in containers and bags uh, properly. So... We're going to chat about that. Yeah, and if you have called in regarding the contest, and if you if you don't win, if you still have a question, you can just hang on the line. We'll get to you on the question as well. Sounds and, good. And uh, but right now, it it is it's amazing though when the sun does come out, what it, what it does to people, and even this daylight saving time, like tonight, people will be at home and it'll be light out still mm-hmm. at six thirty seven, seven thirty sort of thing. So it it just you don't feel like just plopping your butt down on the couch or whatever. Yeah, you be light out so you can feel like you can go outside and do something and uh, and enjoy the evening. So, and it's amazing what it does at the garden center. People get uh, excited with with uh, all the seeds and growing supplies and. Well, and the weather too, when it gets so nice oh. and it's melting, it it does encourage you to go out to the garden centers and just see what's happening out there, what's possible for this year. Um, exciting. It is. We got a big, big selection of a uh, whole bunch of new succulents in on Friday and cactus, some golden barrel cactus, lots of unique cactus, which is hard to get this stuff right now, um, especially of the States. You really have to watch where you're bringing in timing. And just to try and keep costs in line because it's uh, it's expensive. So we do a, a group buy with some other people and uh, brought in a bunch of cactus. And actually got a big order from California from our Talancia supplier. He, half his operation was in that big fire in the fall. So he was able to save a whole bunch of it, moved it, reestablish his business. So um, we got a whole bunch of those neat Talancias brought in as well. So, okay. Yeah. A uh, couple texts. Uh, good morning. Do you have any suggestions for local books or other resources about wild edibles, wild crafting? I don't know offhand. I don't know if you do, Merle, but um, if we have any listeners what, out there that know of any books about wild edibles. Or, what, what are wild, what's wild crafting? I don't know. That's... Okay, it's a Got to write that one yeah, down. Um, yeah. if, if we didn't have that word right, crafting, um, if it meant grafting or something else, um, 
I'm not too sure what uh, what wild crafting is. Um, but wild edibles, there is lots, but you definitely got to be careful. And there is some, there's, there's one book called Flora of Alberta that uh, has a lot of books or a lot of trees and shrubs and native varieties in in there as well. So, but, well, that's, but wild edibles. Yeah, that it, it's in that book is too. It? Okay. It's just called Flora of Alberta. It has all the different edibles and has a bunch of different um, willows and all the different kinds of trees and shrubs in, oh. in Alberta. So it says Wild Crafting Medis- Medicinal Plant Gathering Guide. Ah. So that's a new term for us. Maybe we better find a, an I, expert on wild I th- crafting. I think there's going to be lots of that going on with all the wild cannabis, medicinal cannabis going on coming up this year. So Okay. Anyways. There we go. Actually, I think we had this picture last week too. Yeah, this says, my cactus gets these callus on the leaves. Parent plant is about 60 years old. It's not bad looking for 60. Once the callus appears, it loves, what is it? That love, oh, loves dries up and falls off. The whole plant never dies, but keeps getting smaller and smaller, new growth. I, I would just, I think it's just, it's lacking. I would pull that out of that pot, knock all the soil off or a good portion of the soil and just put, put it into new soil. It, and then I would use a Rage Plus on mm-hmm. it just to reestablish the root system. It looks really cra- like the soil's old it and crusty. L- it looks worse than the plant. A lot of salt buildup. Yeah. yeah. So it probably could use some new soil. And typically Christmas cactus don't mind that terrible soil. But in this case, it looks like it's in a relatively small pot. And uh, there are some salt buildup uh, crusties, as I like to call them, around yeah. the outside. No, and that, uh, that just and is a... Yeah, I'm not sure what the little calluses are called, but I I do see those on some of the older cactuses. Uh, it's just struggling either with overwatering, uh, poor soil nutrients, uh, yeah. lack of drainage, lack of putting water right through, flushing it, flushing out the soil. Yeah, it has a tray attached right to the pot, which yeah. is sometimes not the best, but you have to put that right in the sink. Like I said, I would pull that out, knock two-thirds of the soil off, Get some nice new fresh soil and don't use a heavy soil. Use a good potting mix, nice and light. Mm-hmm. And uh, just repot it and uh, use the transplants um, fertilizer. The, the You can either use 105210 or the Rage Plus. Yeah. And, uh, and it should be fine. Right now is a great time because you're getting tons of new growth and everything. So anyways. Perfect. Yeah. Well, we'll take a break. Yeah, may as well. And uh, when we come back, we'll chat with Wendy regarding her Virginia Creeper. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And we're going to go to the phone line as promised. We're going to go to see what Wendy's up to. Good morning, Wendy. Hi, Wendy. Wendy. Oh, Wendy. No, I'm here. Oh, oh there yeah. you are. Hi, Wendy. I'm here. I've got you muted and on speaker and everything because I'm a good little phone in person. Awesome. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is a Virginia creeper that is this in the southwest, more south, in behind a fence that needs to be replaced, but it's in the corner, um, growing up along the side of my house, and then over this trellis where this um, gate is. And it's got to be 30 years old. The soil's crappy, but I put a sprinkler system in, so it's quite wet back there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, the fence needs to be replaced. It's growing into, I've got a Mohican Wayfarer, which is beautiful. I don't even know. I'm sure it's, uh, something else. That was the name I bought it under. And yeah, then no, that's, a, that's the right one. Yeah. They're gorgeous. So, nice big white plumes on it or white pom-pom yeah. balls. Yeah. 
and it turns this red color in the, yeah. in, the, in the fall, which the creeper does too, which I liked. But now it's all, it's just a mess in there. And then there's a, you know, another double flowering plum. That, there's so much back there. Right. And as I'm going out to clear off the snow from my drainage pipe this morning <laughs> or this afternoon so that my eavesdrops don't make the uh, icicles, um, I just thought, you know, should I take my pruners out there as I trudge through the three-foot snow and just hack it off, or can I transplant it, or will I kill it? I don't care if I kill it. Um, the Virginia creeper yeah, specifically? Yeah. You know, if yeah. it's 30 years old, I it'd probably do, it would probably do it a lot of good to just cut it right back. Okay, yeah. And especially, like, now's the time to do it, especially if you want to get in there and get do a really good job on the fence. And yeah. it will it will grow back just as lovely, if not lovelier, just because it's been rejuvenated. And now is probably a decent time right to do it. Right now is a perfect time. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, and take it right down to the ground. Like you can go six, eight inches off the ground. And uh, and that way you're able to work on the fence properly. Otherwise, if you try and do both, try and keep it. It's just it's a pain for your contractor who's ever doing the fence, oh, yeah. and uh, and all that other fun stuff. So yeah. So do you get the, lots of um, those leaf hoppers on it in the summertime? Or oh, is, you know what? I used to. I'm I uh, yeah the uh, the little um, white fly. And yeah. yeah. Oh my god! Yes. Um, yeah, I had another one that was crawling up the back of a um, a lattice deck that was just horrible, and it was right off of the you know like bar- barbecue area. Yeah, I cut that sucker back. Now it's growing up actually through my deck. Oh no! <laughs> so what do you what do you do to do you do anything to keep those down or? I used to hose it off. Yeah, and yep. scare them away. Yeah, that works good too. Um, another thing you can do is the is the pure spray green sort of start yep. in July first. If you just sort of do it once a week, um, it keeps the powdery mildew away, and it also keeps rid of those bugs because yeah. um, they're gorgeous. And but unfortunately, a lot of times once we get mid August when it's yep. quite dry, they end up looking all brown, and the leaves get eaten up by the bugs. So yeah, totally. Um, so what about soil conditions back there? It's really shady, and it can be quite moist. Mm-hmm. And the soil is really old and gross, and as everything is up on this hill in Strathcona, everything runs I, down the hill. I would just, I would just look at adding like the ground super's pride, the soil amendment, sea soil, one of those ones. Just, just get some nutrients in there, even just okay. a granular fertilizer into it. Like you don't need much. Like the moisture is fine. It's going to be hard to get a lot into the ground and you have big established trees and shrubs anyway. So uh-huh. really, uh-huh. you're just trying to add some some nutrients to the soil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Our I'll lawn fertilizer. Yeah, there our, you go. Our lawn fertilizer works great for that too. For anybody, if you're just looking for like something with a hot, little bit high phosphorus for flowering and and just a good balance, it's a sixteen thirty two six. Pretty much good. anything that I put out there will be an, ad, ad, <laughs> an advantage. <laughs> exactly. <I think. laughs> But just don't add a ton of, like, really composty because it's already quite wet in that. So you don't really want to get yeah. too much of that going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I do have a bag of compost down there. I was going to throw that on, but yeah. I won't. Well, if it's I just won't. a bag, yeah, that's, I, fine. that's totally fine. If you just have a bag, no big deal. Yeah, you just don't want to add a, way too, a whole bunch of really um, organic material if it's already really wet and yeah. stuff like that because yeah. it ends up being a bit of a cesspool. Hey, can you guys find out if that mushroom farm is going to be giving their compost away again this year on Mother's Day? Yeah, we can find out. Yeah, because that was great. We put that in the farm bed, um, you know, a couple of years ago, and it was wonderful. Yeah, it's really only used. You got to be careful with it, though. If you use it too much, it has a high salt content, 
And so you just want to be careful not using it too, too much. Oh, no, we had a huge area. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It, it's great. I haven't used it, haven't used organic. it for a few years. Yeah, yeah. okay, because it's great organic material, but I said if you use it every year, it does have a higher salt content, so you got to be careful on that. Yeah, no, it's been three or four years, I think. So. Alrighty. Okay, awesome. Have a good day. You too. Thanks, Wendy. Thank Bye-bye. All right, we probably have time for one more, eh? Yeah. Let's go to Lucille, and then when we come back, we'll chat with Diana after the break. Yeah. She's our sweet pea lady. We're going to discuss a few things. Good morning, Lucille. Good morning, you guys. Okay, how can we help you? Well, you might have just partially answered my question about the um, (laughs) green fertilizer or grass fertilizer. Yeah. Um, I've just found it very difficult when I go looking for fertilizer to find some with the high middle number. It's all a high first no. number. No, and uh, unfor- yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, I've yeah. That's why I made our own. Like I made green it up, uh-huh. and it's available at Spruce It Up. And okay. it's a it's a balanced fertilizer where you use it three times a year at different proportions, different ratios. So a little heavier in the spring, you cut it by a third in the summer, and then another third in the fall, and that gives you a really well balanced fertilizer. Because most of the fertilizers that you're able to buy everywhere else, it's just thirty zero five or whatever they are. So it's it's all nitrogen, it's all growth up top, and there's nothing for the bottom. Yeah, I'm aware of that, and I used to be able to get it almost everywhere I went with the high, you know. Yeah. Uh, they've what they've done is they've unfortunately like in Ontario and Vancouver they they don't want they don't need phosphorus in their soil so they don't put it in so here we do need phosphorus right. and we don't have the demographics to rate so um but you guys rate with me so I yeah. I made okay, the fertilizer and it works phenomenal. I've had so many people. I'm getting quite a few lawn companies, uh, maintenance guys starting to use it because they get their customers using it and they say, man, my grass looks awesome. Okay, tell me again what it is. It's called Green It Up. Green It Up, okay. Yep, and it's available and down the, at the garden center. And the numbers on it are? Are 16326. Okay, perfect. But we, okay. it's the only lawn fertilizer we carry. It's the oh. 16326, the Green It Up. It's oh, the only okay. one you need. Okay, excellent. All righty. Thanks so much. You're Thanks. very welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, we just have about 40 seconds here, but we, uh, our great listeners out here are sending in texts about the uh, wild edibles and wild crafting. So, uh, hey guys, for your caller about medicinal plant and wild crafting, try Dale Rogers for medicinal and edible plants. For wild crafting, try Karamat, K-A-R-A-M-A-T, Wilderness. Karamat Wilderness. Um... Oh, ways also puts on courses concerning this and other outdoor wilderness living survival skills. Oh, also search Moore's, M-O-R-S, Kochansky. We should see if we can get one of these guys on. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Terry Willard has a book on edible herb, herbs in Alberta. Not sure of the title, but I'm sure you can Google it. Terry Willard is the okay. name. Yeah, so thank you so much. And we'll, yeah, we'll talk more with Diana after uh, after the break. And we got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs here with Joanne Dave. Hi. Hi there. <laughs> um, we forgot to mention that Les Burton was the winner of the Calgary Horticultural Garden Show tickets on April, I believe it is 13th, 14th. And the answer to the question, or what was your question? The question was, when is the last day to prune Elm trees. And that is March 31st. Yes. So congratulations to Les for knowing that. I, I, it's going to be interesting, though, this Easter. And I know there's the, the whole reason we have Easter is the, the whole religious side of it <laughs> and whatever. 
But the fun part is the Easter eggs. Like with it, it's April Fool's Day, the same day. So you think how many pranks can you play on your kids and stuff like that? Like don't have any hidden. Yeah, like, go find the eggs. Yeah, or, yeah, all kinds of fun stuff you can do. If that's the type <sighs> of person you are, you like to torment your kids, then go ahead. Well, yeah, that's me. Huh? Is that I, what you're gonna do? Uh, well, gonna, no, huh? no. That's not very nice. No, I I did eggs for them right up until they moved out. Let's face it. <laughs> like it was <laughs> when you're 23 years old. You probably and, still drop it off at their houses. Yeah, <laughs> and these are funny little ears <laughs> hopping across the lawn. I still There's give them mom. Valentines. There's my mom. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go to Diana. All right. Good morning, Diana. Good morning, Merle and Joanne. It's How are a, you? It's been a while. Oh, I'm still under 18-foot snowdrifts down here. Oh, so. boy. Remind us where you are. Uh, we're at west of Pincher Creek. Okay. So and we have had massive snowfall. And I, Do you get, I guess, and with the wind, you must get, like you said, you must get lots of drifting down there. The drifting is so big that I have a big metal feeder around a round bale, and right now it's about eight foot down. Wow. So the horses are on top of it trying to dig a hole to reach it from the top. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. So you had some thoughts on uh, books on edibles. On the, yeah, I was thinking that Lone Pine does a fabulous series. You know, they're an Alberta um, producer of books. Um, I've got Edible and Medicinal Plants of the Rockies by Linda Kershaw. And it's a fabulous book. Nice. Okay, so say that again. Edible and, Edible and medicinal, medicinal plants of the Rockies. Plants of the Rockies. Okay. Linda Kirsch. I, I think okay. there's so many great local books, but again, it's unfortunate, like with our demographics and our population, it's really hard for sometimes these smaller books to get out there on a on a... I guess, economic, viable venture, right? That's it's... it for everybody to find them. I mean, I've got them at the, lo- we've got them at the local co-op food store, but yeah. um, I don't know. I, I was sort of assuming that they'd be around. Well, but... you've got some Lone Pines. Absolutely, at, yeah. At Spruce It Up, yeah. yeah. Yes, they're, they're a wonderful book. They're a huge resource of all kinds of things. Okay, so when should we be planting sweet peas, more importantly? Yesterday. Oh, well, my sweet peas are getting two leaves already. Oh. So they're doing rather well at the moment. I'm going to put them out in the greenhouse once I've got it all heated up next week. Um, they're going beautifully. I've got a beautiful purple sweet pea that's um, for the year of, you know, we're celebrating the 100 years of women getting the vote this year. Oh. And the, the color of the suffragettes was purple. So I've done a lovely purple one. Nice. And what is kind of fitting, I've got, without really thinking about it, a beautiful white-scented one called Royal Wedding. Oh, Oh. perfect. So won't that be nice? Um, A few varieties, I don't know, I think Canada Post sent them for a trip around the Northwest Territories on a dog sled (laughs) because they're not here yet. (laughs) I think I'm going to have to start ordering my seeds in the fall instead of fretting in the spring. Probably best. Yeah. Probably. How many sweet peas would you say you grow? Oh, well, I've got about 300 pots right now. Probably about 37 varieties, I think. Oh, wow. So all kinds of variations. Thank goodness I went back to England last year and found fabulous seeds there. So. Sweet peas are gorgeous. I love them. Like. The- but they, some people struggle with them. Like they get sometimes stretchy or or they're in a too hot of a spot. Or 
that's it. That's it. People like to think, oh, they like sun, and they put them on the south end of the house. And they really, east is the best place where they can reach for the sun and keep their roots a bit cool. And they, they do need lots of mulch over their roots. Okay. So as far as starting them from seed, do you, do you supplement with lighting? Um, not to start them out. I've got them in a very cold room, so they oh. they won't germinate above fifteen, 15 uh, like fifteen above. Yeah, they oh, like it okay. cool, don't yep. they? They need to be really cool. Once they come up, then I move them into more light. And you, you just do natural light as opposed to any I, sort of LED or? Yes, I tried to get fancy with that, and I didn't really find an advantage to it, really. So um, they can take quite a bit of cold when they're out in the greenhouse, and I use that. Um, oh, what's it called, Merle? The row cover. The oh, uh, white fabric or yeah. whatever. Clo- yeah. Cloches. Yeah, or, yeah, I just cover them with this sort of white sheet of fluff at night, and they can take an amazing amount of cold. I mean, they're quite incredible. Yeah. We We just get in trouble during the hot summers we get, you know, especially in the wind down here. Um, That's a bit of a challenge. But We um, we have a text in that uh, is directed towards you. It says, I would like to try sweet peas in containers. Would you recommend this? Definitely. Definitely, yeah. they're fab- but it has to be a big container. Don't try putting them into like a six-inch pot or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the bigger container you can get so that their roots don't get hot in the summer, and they're fabulous in containers. There's some lovely sweet peas that will dangle down and trail. And You um, could make a really nice shade pot with them too, right? I guess if they like the east, you could add begonias and all that around the base of them. And- oh, yes keep their roots cool they do beautifully together just yes, put a, they would be fabulous put a little trellis or a small obelisk in the middle for That's them to, yeah, to climb up for the little ones to climb up some of the little i'm trying to think of the seeds that are sort of available for everybody the little knee-high ones knee-highs yeah. really yeah, yeah. That's they'll tumble true. over everything yeah oh they, that's wonderful the, yeah um sorry john um they're the same as the tall sweet peas. You have to keep them deadheaded. If you stop deadheading, they'll promptly make seed and go, okay, we don't have to bother anymore. No, and that's the one of the biggest things that people don't realize when, when we are flowering. But the deadheading, the more you do it, they will... Because a lot of times, even if you're cutting back your annuals a little bit at the time of deadheading, that makes them keep them nice and thick, and then it just keeps pumping out the blooms. That's it. That's it. And I tell people, you take off one seed pod or one dead bloom and you'll get like three or four more. Wow. It really encourages them. Awesome. So you can keep them going all season long, basically. Yes. And you know, sometimes they get a little tired if we get a hot summer like last year. Right. But once it cools off, they have a comeback. Oh, good. So just when some people are thinking, oh, we don't have to water anymore, it's getting cool, or let's just let the garden go and pull out the irrigation, is probably when you should be watering sweet peas more and they'll come up with a lovely last flush. Right in September, October before yeah, it before, freezes well, up. Well, unless we get three feet of snow. I well, mean, yeah. anything's possible here, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Absolutely. Well, that's right. great, Diana. Well, thank Diana. Thank you for calling in and uh, we got to go. We got to take a break. Thank but, you uh, very much. Thanks for joining appreciate us again. Calling. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank Bye-bye. You. Bye. All right, we got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join us, the phone lines are wide open. You can call us at 
888-528-2255. And that is the talk and text line. We are getting lots of texts as well, which is great. Yeah. And if you're calling from out of town, you can call us at 1-800-563-7770. Do you want to do a couple of those texts quick? Sure. Uh, Good morning. It's Richard from Lethbridge. I was going through gardening withdrawal and decided to try out this hydroponic gardening. Uh, Richard has started romaine, basil, beets, and a few tomatoes from seed starting on January 17th. And he's super excited about the results and plan to experiment more using Dutch buckets this spring. Love the show and look forward to it every Sunday. And super he healthy sent looking, in, eh? Yeah, like he sent in four or five pictures here of this whole little grow-up he's got going. And, uh, th- like, the lettuce is phenomenal. It looks really, really healthy. Tomatoes look great. The one I'm wondering about is the is the beets. Like... Unless that, that's the one growing in, uh, but I don't know if they're growing in a fiber. Like, uh, in the hydroponics, I don't know how. How to like, grow beets? Yeah, yeah, with the roots in yeah. the rock. Yeah, maybe you could clarify, Richard, how, yeah. unless how you that grow a root is, crop. Unless that is in that one same sort of soil as he has those tomatoes in. Like those are in a little bit different soil oh, yeah. compared to the rocks. Yeah, that more looks of a like coco coir. Yeah. So unless that's the other product he was talking about using the Dutch buckets. Oh. No, 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 no. I don't know. Anyway, should we go down south? All the way down? Are we going to go go there? Let's go. All right. Let's get in the truck. We're going down and visit Mary. Hi, River. Morning, Mary. Mary. Fired up the truck. I fell out of bed. Uh Oh. Oh. No. (laughs) I love daylight saving time. I do, too. (laughs) I really like. I don't have any little kiddiddles to get out of bed. Exactly. So I can just do my own thing, mean the cat. Anyway, what I wanted to tell you, uh, sweet peas. Yes. I really like to listen to Diana. Her diction is so cute. Have you ever been down to I, visit her? I, no, I would agree. I, I, one of these days I'm going down there because I have a friend. I'll just uh, put my arms out and I'll fly down. All right. Yeah, you should. No, you two would have a blast of hanging out together for an afternoon. It's so windy down there. Oh, my Lord, you don't stand up straight or you fall over. Yeah, all you the trees are leaning a little bit. degree angle. But anyway, uh, the great success I've had growing sweet peas for years and years. I always put the seeds in, in a, a little bit of water, warm water, in a dish, and I put those in the fridge just overnight. Okay. So then they're cool, and then when I plant them outside, I dig them down quite deep, six inches anyway. Okay. Yeah, and then cover them with good earth, and then when you see them coming up, then you just kind of keep keep pushing the dirt around them and i've had such good success and do you grow them in an east exposure like diana uh, no, was I, they're they're in the south joanne okay. but there's an overhang okay uh, you know and then i they climb i've got them on chicken wire and i've grown them in the same place forever i keep amending the soil of course you know give them some new soil and sure dig, but dug down deep but the secret of sweet peas is you have to have them cold before you plant them. Yeah. And then they do really, really well. Do you use the inoculant uh, at all? 
Well, you know, I have. I always use those on my peas and that inoculant in my peas in the garden. Okay. And beans and that. Yeah. It's good for them. Okay. Yeah. But I have used it. I, I've used inoculant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last time I got more inoculant on my hands and see, it's hard to get off. It's pretty black. <laughs> Uh, what what are you saying? Oh, nothing. No, I'm just laughing. It sounds like it sounds like a question. It says, "Have you ever inhaled?" And I've used inoculant once or something. <laughs> People ask the question, "Have you ever inhaled?" <laughs> Never. No, no, I smoke, but I don't inhale. Oh, right. oh there that's you go. I too. <laughs> okay, but more. Okay, more importantly, how's the lemon tree? Well, you know, I'm having. It's wonderful. I got lots and lots of lemons, but you know, and it does okay. And I've been watering it diligently with that fertilizer, but those leaves turn, they're kind of, I think it needs to be repotted. Because the, the leaves, leaves are kind of modeled? Yeah, their leaves are modeled, and, and at the very end of some, it's turning brown. I did think oh. I had it too, too close to the window because yeah. these windows to the south, they get really hot. Mary, they go over to 100, you know. You should I come in done. and get a nice, um, a larger terracotta pot for the, 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 the lemon trees love being in the terracotta. Yeah, well, they're in this black pot. Yeah, but they, you know, they do like not, being in the terracotta because it really helps the roots breathe. And then also get the the thirty ten ten. That's the fertilizer that the lemons do love. Oh, thirty ten ten. Yes. Um, Cass said to just use a little bit of of the fir tree uh, fertilizer. Yeah, yeah thirty ten ten. Uh, that's yeah. the same one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I've been using. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, that's what I bought. But and then another thing, I know it needs to be repotted. Yep. And are those terracotta? Are they really heavy? No, wow. they're actually pretty light clay. They're they're nice. Oh. They're easy. Okay, well I'll be in. All right, uh, I'll be in. Uh, I'll fly in. Sounds good, Mary. <laughs> okay, I'll just open my wings and I'll fly in. To Sounds see good. All right, excellent. Care. All right, have a good day. You too. Talk to you later. Yeah, bye. Bye bye. All right, we got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. You're brutal. I'm, I'm Merle Coombs here with Joanne Dafoe, and we got a goo goo story. A goo goo goo. goo, -goo. Hey goo goo. Uh, so a few weeks ago, I I I succumbed to the guilty pleasure of buying the Google Home Google Home Mini, and uh, so I've been having fun, you know, just asking it different questions, and it, you know, quite often I'll ask it something. It says. I don't know the answer to that. I'm learning all the time. And I was asking, I was telling a friend of mine about it and she was saying, um, she works in cybersecurity and she says, um, basically these Google home minis are, are really learning all the time yeah. and they're listening to you apparently. So the other night, uh, had the fam dinner and we're asking it all sorts of questions. And, and I said, well, let's see what she says. I said, okay, good night, Google. And she says, well, have a good sleep. But if you wake up in the middle of the night, come down and talk to me about horticultural facts. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> I've never told her or like there's nothing about 
me being in this industry at all, but it was just like, she just throws that out there. Is she going to sit in the chair and say to you next week? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She would actually, she would actually probably listen to you better for sure. And probably probably be similar because she would just sit there and say, I don't know that yet, but I'm learning all the time. (laughs) Hopefully it listens better. What? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. If you'd like to join us, the phone lines are wide open at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, speaking about learning, we're going to talk a little bit about those potato bags we were going to chat about. So Yeah, we had a text last weekend when we were at the Home and Garden Show and Linda said, I'm thinking of growing potatoes in a bag. Yeah. Can you give some tips? So. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, no, there is um, definitely there's some um, bags that you can buy. Um, there's also some different pots that you can buy um, to do the potatoes in. And what I find, though, is um, is just getting them in the right spot and the right amount of water is the, so is the key to those things. Because yeah. you've tried it. And with success or... Well, the, the problem is, is you, it's, it's, call it two to three months before they come to maturity, right? And then I do one in a bag, one one plant or two plants in a bag, and you get 12 potatoes. Yeah. So, you know, you spend all summer watering these things and babying them and moving them around out of the hail and, and stuff like that, and um, you get 12 potatoes. So that would be the only... Not it's not discouraging by any means because it was actually re- they were really nice potatoes. But you got to have stocks about and 10. potato bags after that statement. <laughs> well, or buy ten of them. Maybe yeah. I am uh, just no, promoting more sales. I guess in what it is, it enables gardening on decks and patios and and things like that. Absolutely. And did you fill it up though all the yes, time and so get it right to the ab- very top? Yes. So we should talk about that. So how you start is you put call it four to six inches of soil, just a potting soil in the bottom, yep. and you use your seed to potatoes and make sure you have two to three eyes, and you yeah. ca- I Put usually cut them in, in the half. Usually three, you throw in, depending on the size of the bag, and you just cover them up with another three inches of soil, and then put them in a sunny spot, and you... you gotta l- push the bag down too, right? You gotta roll the bag down so, so that the, the sun, sun gets at it. Yes. yes. That's that's a big thing too, so that you the sun is actually hitting the soil. And then as it grows, you just keep putting more and more soil on top. So similar to what people would do in the garden is hilling their potatoes. You're exactly. hilling them in the bag. You just keep topping the bag up. Exactly. Did you pack it in at all, or like you know, like did you just initially? Dump it in? Initially, the at the the bottom, yeah. I did, but then I just leave it fluffy. Okay. But the water is so necessary to stay consistent with the watering. Even if you let them dry out once, it's and did you get potatoes all the way the whole bag, or just on the bottom, or? Uh, no, the whole bag. Okay. Yeah. So I was just saying, if this, if it is done and if it works in the right situation, you should be able to get. Like a bag of potatoes, you think you'd hopefully get 20 or 30? You'd think. Yeah. (laughs) All right, we got to take a break, and when we get back, we'll chat with Denise uh, regarding her amaryllis. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I just had a little chuckle. I was reading Brian's text. Uh, I dried potatoes in a green bag with potting mix, watered them, and the foliage was huge. But the dirt was so compacted, I got zero potatoes. And that that would be, it is frustrating. And that's where I think using the lighter, like using the soil mix, like the potting soil, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think whenever you're trying to do any kind of container gardening, you'll just have so much more success using like just um, like our spruce of all-purpose soil, like just a good like a good potting soil, not something with the real soil in it. You can add a little bit, but honestly, like when you're doing in containers, just for soil, can, like normally you were saying last year, like you were saying, Grace. Um, oh, did you? You did some and just straight thing, and then your daughter blew you away, kind of. Using pro mix, yeah. like the lightest, yeah, which no. is very similar to yeah. just your There's potting. Soil it, it's mix. the same thing, yeah. Uh, we have so many texts. So before we get to the phone lines, I just want to say from Pat, I used to have a bunch of different types of fertilizer, and now I just use twenty twenty twenty, just less less often in the winter for cactus, orchids, tropicals. All good. And you quite often talk about your growing days and Absolutely. how you always use 20, 20, 20 and that's, years ag- ago. Again, the plant prod and the guys changed the formulas. And again, for the east and other, other areas. So green it up, I've made the 20, 20, 20, 10, 52, 10, 15, 30, 15, and 30, 10, 10. Like all your favorites. Because they, <laughs> they stopped producing Yeah, it? they stopped making all those. So oh, I, I was I, wondering why you uh, had your own. Yeah, and I had to go out. And it, it was a, it's costly, though. It's, it wasn't a, a cheap adventure, so I do support, and I appreciate any support I get from you guys. And um, to try and bring these fertilizers back, because they are good fertilizers. Like they're just That's the 20-20-20. I know. I, they change it to some weird numbers, and it just I, it makes no sense what they've done, but it's to do with other parts of Canada and, and what, I'm not sure what the reasons are, but anyways, I, um, so I did, we have so, the green, it up, I've okay. created a green it up brand of fertilizer. So I started with the lawn fertilizer last year with great success. And I just found with this one, again, I was looking at the fertilizers and I was just frustrated myself looking at all this stuff, not knowing, okay, now what does it do? I just go, I, I need to just get back to basics. So, um, I worked with our fertilizer company um, we recreated it. We, we did the 20, 20, 20, the 15, 30, 15, 10, 52, 10, and the 30, 10, 10. But we added some micronutrients as well. So we've added a little blast to them. Um, so they're available now. They, we got them in the store. So if you're looking for those fertilizers, we will have them in stock for you. And, uh, and they are the high quality fertilizer. So excellent. Yeah. I, Another one, uh, this is from Dawn. My potatoes have had skin fungus for the last two years. I've, I hate that. I would like to give the soil a rest this year as far as root veggies. Would tomatoes be a good alternate crop for the soil this year? Uh, if, a, if I plant peas or beans, the mice clean me out. I, I think as long as you're not doing another root crop, it's yeah. okay. Like peas and beans are sort of the natural progression in a in in a traditional crop rotation. But if you, as long as you're not doing another root crop, you should be just fine. Typically, the scab is from probably a high compost. nutrient compost yeah. uh, d- soil. Rather, th- like potatoes seem to grow in the <laughs> nastiest soil a- anywhere, but it's usually lacking a lot of nutrients, which they seem to like. It's more of a light, fluffy kind of uh, dry soil. Uh, and when there's too much compost, you quite often get that, fungus or a scab so uh you could definitely try tomatoes yeah tomatoes are good um rotational crops a lot of the um lettuces are good um a lot of those things there's lots of and we mentioned we we were wondering about the beets and the hydroponic and he did text us back he's using them just for the greens so he's growing he's planting beet seeds and just using yeah so just in the salad which is awesome 
anyway. Yeah. Okay, that's it for me. That's oh, it? Yeah. All right, let's, let's go, go up to Denise, and she's in Hannah. Good morning, Denise. Good morning. Hey there. Sorry about making you wait so long. Oh, that's just fine. <laughs> How can we help you? Well, I have an amaryllis that I don't know. I bought it from the store, like way back when you buy them in the store. Yeah, in I've November. grown other ones. I've always had good luck, and this one course came with its pot and everything else i did every, all the instructions properly and it didn't do a thing and then when most of the amaryllises are finished it started to sprout a little whatever it is the leaves uh, well it's just a little green like a finger sticking up yeah in the center yep that might is it just started that now well it did once and then that died Oh, boy. And now it's doing it again. Are you growing in soil or water? Uh, soil. It's the how, soil that it came in. Okay, and how deep do you have it planted? Um, I don't know. The bottom, maybe a third. Okay, no, that's that's, that's actually perfect. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, I would just let it, make sure you have it in lots of light. Yeah, it's in a south window. Okay, and make sure it's getting good water. Okay. And just now, if it's sending out a second one, you might be getting uh, you might get lucky here. Well, I was wondering, I thought, should I just put it away and let it go dormant? Or No, uh, mostly because it needs to gather a little bit more nutrition. So along with the watering that Merle suggested, you should also include a fertilizer program in there every probably three to four weeks. Make sure that you're getting some something with a high middle number so that it can gather up the energy. Because if it doesn't get the energy back, it won't do anything for you again next year. Okay. So what might have happened, Merle, hey, is sometimes when you buy them from a store, it might not have gone through the cooling process like you would hope it would. But let's say they had it they could have been from stock last year. No, for sure. Or they've stored it in a really warm, dry place, and it just it, the bulb got dry. Okay. It, um, it, it happens. Yeah. And that could definitely be part of the reason why. And it just, it's really just, it's lacking. It just needs to get a good jump. So. Well, and my understanding with amaryllis is they, they bloom when there's not as much sun. Now we're getting more sun. I just wondered if that was. Um, they'll, they'll bloom it. You can make amaryllis almost bloom whenever you want, to be honest. Oh. But, yeah, it's just a matter of the timing of when you let it go dormant, and then you bring it back upstairs, and you can get you can get almost it blooming whenever you want. Oh, cool. Okay, but I would definitely try to bring it on, let it even if it is just leaves, right. just so that it can gather some energy from the sun, and and you're doing this great fertilizer program, and then call it. Uh, September, you put it to sleep you again. Put it to sleep again and let it sit for about two months. Okay. And that one you'd want to use like the fifteen thirty fifteen. Definitely is, okay. is a great fertilizer for that. I've been using Rage Plus. Yep, and mm. it's just it, it. I think it was probably more. It it sounded like I would think that the bulb um, just got really dry. It was maybe just stored in a really um, not the best circumstances, and it just dried out. Yeah. Okay. Because it, it, it wasn't one. It was in those box, like a gift set sort of yes. thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Give well, that a try, you. and hopefully that uh, that perks up for you. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Denise. You bet. Appreciate the call. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Let's go to Krista. Good morning, Krista. Good morning. How are you today? Very good. good. How can we good. help you? Good. Um, I have various uh, anthuriums in my house. 
And I decided to buy a white one. And it was white when I bought it. And I repotted it. And it turned green. And now it's blooming like crazy. But all the blooms are green and not white. Okay. They'll probably... Typically, like the anthuriums, when they do that, they might turn white as it matures. Is it are some of the blooms older now, or is it? Uh, no, they're still pretty young right now. Okay, because yeah. sometimes when they crossbreed things, they get them, and white is one of the ones that isn't a natural, so they it, it'll sometimes they revert back a bit. Oh, I see. Um, okay, so again. Um, making sure that you have a high middle number for it, for the proper blooming, okay. like the 15, 30, 15. Okay. And some of them will revert back to the the original color. Okay. Like from I'll the white. trying. And see, like, it, and if it if the bloom, and what it does, it likes lots of light as well. Mm-hmm. And, but yep. not real, real hot. Like, to, right. sometimes to get your colors, if you have it in too hot of a spot, it, it, it doesn't get the pigment out of it enough. Oh, I see. Okay. So a lot of times, if um, those ones especially too, they they do like it a little bit cooler, but they like a bit. Of, they like the bright light. So it's okay. if that okay. makes sense. It's sort of one of those it ones. Sure it, it's one of those ones that's tough to get to get the colors right on them. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I've got it on the south window, so maybe I'll just move back that it off. To the... Yeah, back it off the window yeah. a bit, okay. and uh, so it still gets the light. But and just um, how have you? Did you repot it or anything or? Yeah. I did into okay. a fairly large pot, and I mixed it with a purple one. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh. thank you very much. All right, thanks. Okay, bye bye. All right, want to go to Bill? Yeah. All right. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. How you doing? Just fine. Good. How can How we help you? How are you folks doing? Excellent. We're awesome. awesome. I have a question. Where do you get your seeds? I get our seeds are from, we have a local provider. He's a farmer just uh, east of Calgary. And he wild rose heritage seeds. And we get phenomenal. They're all certified, non-GMO, foil packed. They're in a resealable pack. And the best thing I like about them is that they're tried and true for our area. And that's in the veggie. In the flowers, we also carry the West Coast a variety of seeds as well. What what was the name of that wild? Wild Rose Heritage Seeds. Okay, are they in Red Deer? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure if he has any up there or not. I just uh, I know he's in Lethbridge, and he uh, brings them up to our store and he packs them for us. So um, we I'm not sure if he has any any uh, in there. I have one more question. All right. In the fall, when you're done with your garden, you've always got lettuce that's left over. Yep. Uh, beet tops, except can you cultivate that back into the ground? Absolutely. Oh, all these years I've been throwing it away. No, no, you're throwing away good compost. Yeah. My mom, we used to throw everything. I remember that I'd look out in the garden and sometimes I'd think, what are we doing with all this stuff? We kind of look like uh, vagrants and throwing all our garbage in the backyard. <laughs> but it was it all this year, like eggshells, especially oh, all I, your yeah, I keep peels. All my eggshells for, yeah. For my- yeah, all Please. your peels, like when you, you peel your veggies, all that stuff, throw it all in the garden. It's, it's amazing what it does. And I don't suppose you want to use uh, pea tops, though. Um, It'd be a little hard to grind up. Yeah, but it's amazing how fast they disappear. Like once it gets in the ground, Mother Nature takes its course and they're gone. It's, it actually adds good fiber into your soil, so it's good. Yeah, because mine hasn't been doing so good here. It was doing great for a while, but I, I may have put too much, uh, oh, I was buying the sea soil. Yep. And I put bags and bags and bags of it in there. I may have gone the other way. Yeah, you can get too much sea soil as well. It gets a little heavy. 
What about grass? That gives you too much nitrogen? Um, yeah, you don't want to do a ton of grass in there. You want to let that compost on its own. You can create its own pile. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. I like to just mulch my grass. Like if you just have a mulcher on your mower, if you do it that way, I just mulch it right back into the lawn and then you, you don't even have to bag it and don't worry about it. Yeah, right. Alrighty. Okay. Thanks, Thank Bill. You. Bye-bye. All right. The phone lines are wide open if you guys would like to join us. We got lots of spots open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Should we just take a break? Sure. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm stretching. All right. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770CHQR. <laughs> The Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center. Need a touch of green in your life? Why not go down to Spruce It Up and see what's growing on? Giftware, great new succulents and cactus and all the houseplants you could ever need, want. All the growing supplies you could ever need or want. They've got you covered on McLeod Trail South at 210th Avenue. Spruce it up, the spirit of gardening. Why would you go anywhere else? (laughs) I don't know. There, oh. there is no other. Um, and we did have a question <laughs> regarding organic onion sets, and we will be getting those in. Actually, Shane will do those as well um, with our Wild Rose Heritage Seeds. He does the garlic bulbs, organic garlic, and he'll be doing the onions as well. So, uh, Speaking of garlic, there is someone, um, They, I know they had phoned and we didn't get to them in time, so uh, they texted. My garlic bulb has green shoots growing. Can I plant them into potting soil and keep in my insulated garden shed until weather allows for outdoor gardening? Uh, the problem is, is how it's been stored prior to now, like it, because the garlic bulb is, is planted in the late Fall. fall and it needs that cold period we right you get them in the spring it just ideally they should be planted in the fall okay but a lot of people still plant them in the spring so it's because it's <sighs> a lot of people don't they've all turned off their gardening <laughs> by fall time so we, get, suppose, we do get a lot of people still need asking that they need that cold period you for don't sure. get a lot and we do have them started in the spring and we do get the bulbs in in the spring as well but it, it, it is, ideally, it is better because they, they don't do a lot the first year when you plant them in the spring and summer. So if you plant them, in, they'll get into the fall, and then next year you'll really see good results. So There you go. Either way, okay. you're waiting. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, it was weird. You always talk about all the bad garlic they say we get from China. Like, I don't... It's amazing, some of the stuff that... Uh, how it comes across the world and for a buck. Like, it's... We should grow more here in Canada. I agree. All right. Where are we at now? Do you want to go on the phone line? Sure. You got that your book there? You ready? We're gonna, this is going to be all Joanne. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Not bad. How are you guys? Good. <laughs> hey, I, I have a situation here where I have a bad scab on my potatoes. Now, the soil we got from, I think it was Eagle Lake, we brought in five of those large um, yellow whatever. Big yellow bags? Those big bags. Stomped them in the garden. And uh, first couple of years, potatoes were good. Yep. Now, last year, it was just like scab, total scab. How do, because we just want to use that. couple that. questions. Do you rotate the crop? No, we don't. We've just okay. been using it only for potato. Yeah, that's part of the problem. You, you really do, potatoes need to get rotated. Oh. You can't grow, you can for a couple of years, but typically you'll start getting issues when, if you're not rotating the crops. The soil needs a break from them. Okay. And so you need to grow something else in there. And uh, peas and beans would be yeah. really 
beneficial. Beneficial. It, re- it rejuvenates the soil. Peas are okay. I don't eat beans, but my wife does. <laughs> oh, well, she'll get some beans and you'll get your peas. And Okay, so there's nothing I can add to the soil to... No, in fact, adding... You probably have two... Depending on what you got from Eagle Lake, it, it might even be too rich of a soil. So now that it's you know been in there for a couple of years, it's just so nutrient dense, and potatoes don't necessarily like that. You quite often see scab uh, affiliated with a rich, rich soil. Yeah, so I now think we got garden mix, right? That's what yeah. We so that kind of has. I mean, that it's great as it an as well. amendment, yep. uh, but it might just be a bit too rich, yep. and there's nothing you can really add to stop the scab. No, okay. and what you can do is just add like more of a granular, like the groundskeeper's pride the the 845 um add that just as, as a, a soil it's just a fertilizer uh, you can add that just to the soil but you still can't plant potatoes. no i would give it a, a you give gotta it a give break. it a break yeah. okay, if i got any other option i'll tell you what it is in my backyard it's not great sun back there so yeah. we, we tried growing oh. vegetables didn't do very good right right <clears throat> so the only thing we could really grow was potatoes potatoes and is there another option? There is, like, lettuces and stuff like that. They can grow in a bit shadier spots. Any of your leafy greens okay. do great in, in a shadier spot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it just doesn't get a lot, uh, a lot, of, a lot sun? of light. It only gets light for maybe it, And what you can day. try to do is, like, add a bit of that 845 and maybe just do a really deep rototiller as well, rototilling of the soil. Yeah. You could give that a try, but you really should try to get another spot and do half and half, like switch it back and forth. Yeah, okay. And Sounds then good. then you'll start getting on a good cycle. You, uh, Greg, do you have just big spruce trees or what's or is it oh, just yeah. a northern exposure? Yeah, no, it's uh northern exposure, but there's spruce trees um right near right nearby. Right yeah. By. That's you know, they're like sixty five feet high, right? Yeah. Right. And so not only are you getting the shade, but they are also taking a lot of the nutrients in the soil. So you would think bringing in, you know, the garden mix is a good thing. Yeah. Um it's just yeah, it was counterproductive uh, to the to the potatoes. Another thing you could probably do, Greg, this season is just even just get a load of straight loam. Like just get a load of screened loam. Yeah. And just add that to the top of it and then rototill that in. Because then oh, okay. that'll get it back to a little bit more loamy, which is which okay. is good for the for your potatoes. See, I have, I have one other quick question. We have a, a little part of this garden that has a lot of roots in it, like just mm-hmm. small, fine roots. Right. And I don't know if, uh, I guess it's off the evergreens. Yep. And it doesn't matter. I hand dug it and everything and filtered all the roots out and... By fall, it's just as bad again. Well, yeah, because the roots, they, they're going for that nice soil as well, right? Mm. So it, it, that's part of the problem or, or the reason they, they love going after the soil. So Yeah, and there's no way to block it, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Wish we had better news. but Yeah, it's okay. We're growing <laughs> lots of lettuce. That's what we're doing. <laughs> try, try some potatoes in bags. Potatoes in bags, it, Or yeah. black pots. Or, yeah, tires. Actually, if you're on a farm, if you got yeah. small tires... Oh. Yeah, I know I'm in town. I'm in northwest Huntington Hills. Okay, you can still do tires up there. We'll let you. Mm-hmm. Do tires. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get a nice Black tire, pot. fill them up, no. and just keep raising them up in the I, tires. I got to disagree. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, what time is it? It's time, it's for, time for a break. For yeah. All right, we got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join us, the phone lines are wide open for the last half hour here. 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You know what I love is you, you, you pull out that piece of paper every time. It's been eight years. I should know the numbers by now. You, you should. I yeah. do, but yeah. I just... No, hey, I still write my liner every week. It's like, <laughs> who are we brought to by? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that let's, place. Let's spruce it up, please. Mm. All right. Let's go to, I don't know how, I won't mess this up, Louisa. Did I yes, miss that? Hi, Louisa. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, how can we help you? Well, we have a large uh, cedar bush in front of the corner of our house. It's facing west, and it's, it's overgrown, and uh, we need to prune it, but we're kind of paralyzed of, of how to take care of it without killing it. So when is the best time to, to prune it and how? Are you are you pruning it top down or the width of it? Um, well, right now it's up to the hangover of our house, so yeah. it needs to be cut back and on the sides. We've just over the years, just with a hedge trimmer, yep. right, doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Uh, is that okay? Do we have so, to go into the? Well, and that's the hard part. You can't go into it too much that's, because they yeah. don't recover. Like in like in Kelowna, my brother has a hedge all the way around his swimming pool, and it's like he gets those guys come in, they just shear it up. But within two or three weeks, it all grows back, oh. and it's, it's humid, and, and and cedars do well here. But here, you just if you take too much out of them, they just don't recover. It takes a long time. Right. So the best thing with a like a cedar is just again keeping it down on the top. You can take it down, take it down six eight inches, or or foot if you need to, and then on the sides again, it's just keeping it trimmed. You don't want to go in too deep, like a couple inches at the most, right? And just keep it narrow with the with the head trimmer. Okay. Just, and would you suggest that be done? I would do it right now. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you can do it now. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, you want to do it before the new growth. Just don't go too deep. Like this, this even it up. Just take a little bit. Just, okay. And just keep it at, at that ideal thing. And same on the top because you're going to be taking it in. You're going to be cutting a, a branch that's probably a couple inches in diameter. diameter. So when it just as it grows new, and just keep topping it up at the top so it never gets to that point again. Right. So you only have to do it two or three times a year, so it's not too bad. Okay, but we can do it as early as as. Yeah, you can. Month. Yeah, you can definitely do it. Wonderful. Yeah. Alrighty. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. And that's the thing with cedars. You find they look they're nice and green for the outer three inches, but when you pull those branches apart, quite often yeah. they are bare of needles in the middle, right? Yes. So when you start taking them back too quickly, too too far, too quickly, all of a sudden you have a hideous looking yeah. shrub, right? Because and- the green. Has Absolutely. been taken off, and there is some. There's some old varieties mm-hmm. of cedar, um, I, and I wish um, we could get them back into production. Some of them, because there is. You go up, and it, there's just I'm up here, up by Westbrook Mall, um, just up by there. There's some old neighborhoods, and I've went up and down the streets. And one guy has like a row of hedge down the center of his yard. You just can't. You don't see that, but that's a really good seed source. Like, there's some varieties, because but what they've done is they've gone into the ones that grow quicker. And in BC and Vancouver, and they just fast for propagation and grow. Right. And but right. they bred the hardiness out of them, the ones that do well for us. So, anyways, it would um, be one to nice to see. Few Go things ahead. we have so many texts, but uh, we had Albert call that he has a giant rototiller and he will rototill for raspberries. So if anyone's interested <laughs> in getting their garden, a rototillered, ro- rototilled, rototilled, rototilled. rototilled. Uh, 
Oh my Buck gosh. Grant, Grant uh, Albert will do that for you. All right. That's very okay. nice. Uh, also, a text. I have some short junipers near the driveway, and of course they are under a bank of snow. Will they be okay, or should I uncover them? We are going to find a lot of branches yes. broken yeah. uh, on deciduous as well as Absolutely. as the coniferous shrubs this year and trees. There's going to have to be a fair amount of pruning just because all of this snow has been on top of them and it's gotten heavier and heavier. It freezes, it thaws, it freezes, it thaws. Should be interesting. I'm and I'm worried, uh, and hopefully we talked, we touched on it a bit last week. Is the mice? And that underneath yeah. the snow and things like that, because sometimes when the snow melts, you, all of a sudden you pull the snow away from your from your trees and shrubs, and then the bark has all been chewed. So, as soon as you, if you're able to get t- close to your trees and shrubs, um, try and dig out around them and things. Like, one nice thing is the rabbits haven't been able to get at a lot of the new trees and shrubs in the new areas, so they've been protected from them. But then the mice are underneath there, and they sort of work like the little parkade, unfortunately. Yeah. So. Are there Anyways. any plants besides marigolds that help keep deer out of my garden? Um, marigolds don't really, they won't eat snapdragons. One of the best things is still the Bobex spray. It's a herb-based product, mm-hmm. a mixture of about six to ten herbs. I don't know exactly the amount. Um, it's actually guaranteed to work. It, it works really, really well. And uh, you spray it on typically once every couple months, and depending on how much moisture we have, it might be once a month if it, if, if, during the ra- rainy season. But it's every couple months. So, okay, uh, this is from Dean. I have a cold frame about four and a half feet tall at the back and two feet at the front with a gravel base. I used pots last year. No root veggies. What type of pots, or should I find deep trays for the soil? And how deep? as I want to try root vegetables? Uh, four and a half feet tall. Yeah, if you could grow right into the into the ground would be ideal, especially in a little greenhouse like that, like a coal frame. Um, if you can, if it's right on the ground, like put your troughs right, right into the ground and you'll have great success that way. Either that or just like big window boxes work good. That, that sort of, we do sell a... It's similar to the veggie truck, but ours is this the raised garden that's actually quite big. We have a local guys that build these for us okay. at a cedar. They're like a veggie trough. Um, they're really nice, and they're nice and deep. Um, they're six feet wide and or six feet long, um, three feet wide, I believe, and they, they work really, really well. So anyways, what else? Uh, good morning. I was inspired... To go into, oh, sorry, uh, what type of soil I should use. I was inspired by, I, I don't get it. Oh, sometimes the texts are hard because they yeah. come in on three or four. Yeah, sorry. Um, I should use, uh, what type of soil should I use to do the transplant? The variety is mare and it is right now in a seven and, oh gosh, a half inch pot. The plant is 18 inches high with lots of nice new growth. It is flowering and has some tiny lemons starting. Okay, it's a lemon. Meyer lemon. Meyer, yes, okay. It's a Meyer lemon. Um, so you always say the tall, skinny pot yeah. is great for the citrus trees. Yeah, they love the, and that's one nice thing about with the terracotta, because a lot of them are, they're, they're tall cylinder pots. Um, they let the roots breathe really good, which the with the citrus really like because they get that fibrous soil. Mm-hmm. Um, so they really like to be in a soilless mix in a big terracotta pot. We have them in 10 and 12-inch pots. Um, transplant that into that, and you'll be set. And they do like the fertilizer, the 30-10-10, and uh, you should be shut. 30-10-10, yeah. definitely. Okay. 
Um, should we break before we take? Yeah, we probably should take a break. Sure. And we'll get back. We've got lots of text and a couple phone calls. You're listening to Let's Talk Guardian on 770CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Both just banging the heads. Here. Yeah, I know. It's Woo. boom, boom, boom. Who's yeah. that? I don't know. Huh. Maybe Pat. No, no doubt. It's so Gwen Stefani. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, All right. Where are we? Oh, Albert. We found, we found somebody to give raspberries to Albert. So thank you. We're not. Yeah. So we hooked them up. So that's good. Yeah. Um, also, we did get an update. Um Oh, yeah. I sent you the email there from uh, Jerry. and uh, I blocked you. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. Jerry and Steve <laughs> sent, sorry, they've been growing the peaches in the, in their pots and inside, and they're actually already starting to get fruit. So um, they grew them from seed and everything. So it's uh, it's nice to get the updates like this. It's it, it, the, the blooms, were they were like a purple blooming. I didn't realize the peaches were like that. Yeah. No, they're gorgeous. Yeah. No, it's uh, great looking and lots of little buds and lots of little fruit on there. So be interesting to see when we get our peach pie, see how it is. Oh, Looking forward to that. Nice. Yeah. And I did get an email from Rose James, um, or James Rose, I'm not too sure, but it comes across on that. Um, kind of fertilizer is pet friendly. And actually, our Green It Up is pet friendly. Obviously, you don't want to feed it to them or anything like that, but it don't is. Don't mix it in with the food? No, okay. it's not that great for that. But okay. it is It is. It is pet friendly. So uh, I forgot to ask you, Merle, whether you had Christmas cactus plants in right now. Yeah, actually we do. And actually, they're uh, buy one, get one free. Okay. Are they all different colors or do you know? Yeah. Well, they stopped blooming now and they don't tag them when they come in. So, they're, uh, they're, but they were different you just, colors. You just take a chance. Yeah. At that price. Can't <laughs> afford not to. All right. Let's go to Mary. <laughs> Good morning, Mary. Hi. Hi there. I live in a nine, uh, sorry, 60 year old house nice. with a couple of blue spruces. Okay. Yesterday, a pruning guy stopped by oh. and said that although our trees look quite healthy, uh, there's a disease going around the city, and they're all mm. going to be dead in three years. Uh, no. What no. are your thoughts? Was the guy, what was his name? Um, I, Braden. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk to him. I wish he wouldn't do this. This guy, so if you do get this guy coming around, he, he's not an arborist. Uh-huh. He sells firewood, and I do, he shouldn't go around using the scare tactic to cut trees down. Um, it's really unfortunate. I don't even know if he's licensed. Um, he, I, it, he really, he's starting to get on my nerves a bit. I'm going to well, have a talk with him. he was talking about it being a fire hazard yeah, and, and all that. And people. so he's fear mongering. He's going into everyone's yard telling them to cut down their spruce trees. Okay. It's absolutely not. Absolutely Thank not. You. Um, you. If you're worried about your trees, like you said, we'd be more than happy if you want to give us a shout at, at uh, Prune It Up. We come by and have a look at them if they if you need some pruning or cleaning out. But no, they're they're they they've gone through some desiccation. There is some um, needle, needle cast. cast and things like that. But but it, they're recovering. They absolutely they've gone through a cycle. They are recovering. There's some that were really bad and definitely need to get removed. But just for the sake of going around, and he had a picture on his brochure showing a whole bunch of houses on fire. Um, somebody brought it into the store, and it, it's just, it's the most unethical way of getting business is going to seniors and everybody with fear mongering that your house is going to burn down. Like, it's okay. it's so wrong. It's okay. so wrong. 
Okay, thank you. You gave me uh, an answer that I can live with. Yes. All right. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Mary. Bye-bye. And certainly, if anyone is really worried about it, you offer a service to come out and assess trees. Uh, Obviously, on Sundays, if you want to send a picture in of any of your plants, we can... Texas, you know, we do text us and we can we can take a look or recommend that someone come out. Yeah, when, but, he, when he comes into my firewood next time, we will uh, talk. To I don't him. know. <laughs> like, if, it is. Enough. I think anyone coming door to door telling you. Oh, you should see his brochure. It has. Oh, I, you picture, sent me a picture yeah, of it. Pictures yes. of houses on fire. Like. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's unethical. Uh, but. It, it, it's it's works like it, unfortunately it's just we're get, like we're getting the, some good texts in about like this ten, right now. There's like the ten million dollars I got. That Niger, the, the president of Nigeria always sends me an email. Me too. Ten million dollars from my old uncle. Like, I didn't realize he was over there, but I great uncle Coombs. Yeah, he's gonna. He left me ten million. That's for sure. Well, it's, you better send the twenty thousand <laughs> in order to get it immediately. Oh God! Transfer. All right. Enough. Enough. All right. Should we go? Uh, let's go to Ron. Yeah. Let's go. To, where's Ron? Oh, raspberries. Nice. Good morning, Ron. Good morning. Quick question. Yes, sir. I had a fabulous crop last year. The vines are over six feet high. Do I need to cut them down before this year starts? <laughs> yeah, the old wood. It's, yes, you, you remove the old wood and then leave last year's wood. But you can trim them down to a manageable height. Yes, absolutely. And do that as soon as spring is. Totally uh, no, you can even do it. I, I like doing it now. It's a lot easier to see the structure of the shrubs and all that. So you can just even them all up and then thin them out. Like even them up first, like get them to that four to five feet high or whatever you like. Yeah, because I've got lots that are over six feet now. This yeah, year. so just. They, had, they grew so well last year. Yeah, yeah, so just even them up at that four or five foot, whatever. And then go in and just thin out the old, the, the brown wood and then leave the greener looking one. Okay. You'll see last year's and the year before and last year's. And yeah. thin out the two-year-old, and then you'll be good. And they spread really well too. So absolutely, control no. out too. So, but aren't raspberry? Last year was such a great year for raspberries. Did you get lots oh. and lots? Oh, it was crazy. Yeah, I, no. I couldn't pick them fast enough. Yeah, man, they're so yeah. good, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, yeah, they are. All right, thank you very much. Thanks, Ron. Bye, bye. You too. All right, we got to take a break, and when we get back, we'll chat with Douglas and uh, lots of texts. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and we're going to go right to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Douglas. Good morning, Douglas. Uh, good morning, Merle. How are you today? Good, good. How can we help you? Um, Merle, I, I'm i just wondering if my... I, we, we had a very bountiful garden last year. Okay. Very good. Um, but the problem is, is a lot of the vegetables tasted bland. The sweet pepper had no real taste to it. Carrots were, mm, you know, not not real great. Um, and I'm just wondering if that has anything to do with the soil. Now, the soil we put in the garden was was straight black dirt, and then we used the 1044 fertilizer, which gave us a huge amount of growth. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my little six-year-old grew a 40-pound pumpkin. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty impressive. And it, and sometimes if the soil like it's was it did everything seem to grow quite quickly? Yes. Okay. Yeah, everything and I and I kind of attributed that to the to the ten four four right. Yeah, because it has a bit more nitrogen in it for sure. So you might even want to just switch to a bit of a ten ten, 10 or zero ten ten as well. You could add that or just fertilize a little less, cut it in half. Right. 
Um, does that have anything to do with the like with the soil uh, uh, with the uh, vegetables tasting bland? Like I'm trying to. Uh, what I'm thinking is that you, you almost had almost perfect ideal, especially with the heat last year. Right. And sometimes if things grow too quick, they don't get. Um, the, they don't get to build up the sugar in them and, and the t- the taste of it and the cooler nights and things like that. What was it you were growing? You were saying carrots. Well, well, well we had we had carrots, okay. beans, beans uh, peppers, uh, radishes. I got two or three uh, harvests of radishes last year. Quite um, often, like with carrots and your root crops, it's sometimes that colder weather that, that helps sweeten them up, yeah. right? And right. so I'm wondering if... Part of it is we just had such a great summer last year in the way that it was really nice and hot, but it never, it, it took so long for things to get cold in order to sweeten up. Well, I don't yeah. think it and has. Then, and, then, and then last year when it did, I mean, the frost hit almost immediately. Yeah. Then, you know, you're starting to have to cover your. Yeah. So your... a lot of times if you, if maybe you get some of that, do a couple of crops of that and just do the carrots and some of the stuff a little bit later and then leave some of them going into fall. Right. And then, because a lot of people, like, they leave them in there even when it's frozen uh-huh. and dig them up at that point, and then they've, right. they've built up the sugar. And just right. maybe try some other, like, I don't know, did you use bigger varieties or what varieties of seed were you using? Well, right. I, yeah, I, uh, you know, I can't really say to that because my wife had, you know, purchased them wherever yeah walmart walmart whatever you know what i mean yeah it could be like like the quality of the seed you're starting with too Mm -hmm. and that's one thing i can say like with the wild rose heritage seeds that we carry they're local they're harvested here they're tried and trued and they're they're the true seed and the flavor because i know shane brings in the the veggies to us and things like that in the fall and man they everything just tasted so good um, yeah. So part of it yeah. is could be the quality of the seed. What what there varieties? There are different grades. Absolutely, of seeds, for so sure. The, the soil wouldn't actually have anything to do with that. It, it does too. Like the soil has a bit to do with it as well. Um, but it, it sounds like your soil is everything going properly. Like sometimes you need a bit more calcium in your soil, like for the tomatoes and things like that. Um, right. But it sounds like you have a pretty good, well balanced fertilizer that you've been using. I, I, a lot of it is, I think, like Joanne was saying too. It's just the, it was such a perfect year. The soil was just warm. Everything grew quick, and they didn't get that. They need to sometimes get that cool process where they get the sugar build up, and that's where you get the flavor. Right, like even right. you know, and even you, you eat a tomato um, in the pot. I love eating them in the morning, like out and when it's cool, because they taste a lot better than if you grab one in the afternoon. I find they don't taste as good. Yeah, maybe they've got the heat going all the way through them. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much, and uh, maybe we'll have to pop out and look at your seeds. Okay. Perfect. All right. All right. Look forward to it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right. Uh, We're tight for time. Do it. Okay. Um, unfortunately, William, I'll take you off the air, and there's another person. Come on, if you if you get on, I will take you off the air. And uh, do you got a couple texts you want to... Uh, yes. I have a patio with patio pavers, and I would like to plant a shrub or a hedge on the edge. Which one is the best for not having roots um, impeding on yeah, that? Yeah, um, you could use either the nine barks are really good. And I love the idea of the hydrangea hedges. Like, I did one last year. And I just really like the idea of mixing in the hydrangea hedge. Uh, or, even that and boxwoods. Yep. Carl if, Forster mixed in Car- a couple of those things. You Carl really Forster. Get boxwood, um, hydrangea, and Carl Forster's. You get a really, really nice combination there, even if you want to mix it up a bit. Yeah. 
and they're not going to be that invasive that it's going to bring up uh, no. uh, any patio pavers. We plant them around there all the time. All right. And that's it for Unfortunately, us. we got to take a well, not take a break. We're taking a break for a week. Seven days. So that's <laughs> thanks for listening and thanks for joining us again. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.